0: All right, um, again, we run a small consulting company, and the name of the consulting company is Sanare. Everybody say Sanare. sanare. Come on now with the Latin tongue Sanare. Sanare, sanare life. All right, and what Sanare means, uh, anybody speak Spanish? A little bit of Spanish? No? You know, you have to learn it sooner or later. <laughs> A matter of fact, they say the Latino or Hispanic or Spanish-speaking population has outnumbered the minorities, the African Americans, and in 2025, I can't remember the exact year, or 2030, they will outnumber the Caucasians in America. So what I realized is, about 2025, 2030. She's like, "Uh, let me see. So what I realized is that. you can't beat them, join them. So when I finished school a long time ago, when I used to be young, this is before you all were around, I took off and I ran to South America, Colombia, to learn a little bit of Spanish. And uh, by God's grace, it has opened up a lot of doors and had the opportunity to meet with a lot of people. So that was a long story to say. Sanare stands for cure, heal, restore. The, so when you live the sanare life, you are living the restored what? Life. And we believe that people will be restored uh, when they are educated, all right? So scenario life, restoration via education. We're on the same page? Lack of knowledge. So what do we need to do? We need to find ways to be able to educate individuals because that's where the real restoration will come. They're not going to be restored by a new pill, a new drink. uh, A new machine is not what's going to restore people. But when they are educated and they learn how to take care of who? Themselves, then that's when the restoration will come. Does that make sense? So our focus at Cenari Life is to what? To educate individuals. But the key to education is encouragement. Somebody say encouragement. You ever try to teach a class of children that were not encouraged to learn? They have a school sometimes or whatever like that? How does that go? Not very well. It's a challenge. They're throwing things. They're not paying attention. You're trying to grab them, and you're afraid you don't want to be child abuse or something like that, you know? And it's just a mess. Can you imagine a, a class of adults that were not encouraged to learn? So the key to education, everybody, is what? Encouragement. Let's take a quick look at the life of Jesus, yeah? It says that when he went to meet the needs of the people, when he helped, not one person left who who was coming for help without hope. So did he just come and say, everybody, you need to eat uh, sunflower seeds. And if you don't, you will die. Did he do that? He focused on encouraging them. And so one way that we try to encourage individuals in our program, like uh, everybody's trying to Lose weight—that's the big thing now. Or gain weight, or lose weight. We in our program never say somebody is fat or skinny. Some people are overblessed, and some people are underblessed. Yeah, I didn't get that one. <laughs> Why? Because for years we've been telling people you're fat, lose weight, and this is going to happen. And what's happening here in America? People are only adding on more what? Watch your mouths. No weight, no fat. You're adding on blessings. Yeah? So in a way to encourage people, say, sister, brother, we're going to teach you how to balance your what? Your blessings. And now they have what? Hope. When a person has hope, the sky is the what? The sky is the limit. So we focus on giving people hope, education, and that's what we do here at Sonari Life. So we have a small team of consultants that go to different locations. They put on what is known as weekend of wellnesses. They go to doctors' offices uh, on many occasions. They put on short presentations for the patients. Um, government facilities, you name it, where they're trying to what? Give hope and encouragement to the individuals. So today our topic however is the dynamic duo. The dynamic duo. Yeah I get it right I'm just I'm texting all the time, so forgive me. Is that okay? The dynamic duo. What is the dynamic duo? The dynamic duo is the union between the medical missionary and the literature evangelist. Any medical missionaries here? You're not too sure? Any other medical missionaries? No? Let me ask you a quick question. Who is a medical missionary? We all have potential. Everyone who comes and shares the message of help, health and hope is a what? Medical missionary. Do you share health with people? Do you give them hope? Do you try to encourage them? Then you are a what? Do you do the same? You guess. She's just an evangelist of health. Medical missionary evangelist. Doc, are you a medical missionary? You sure? All right, because I didn't see the hand there. Or you were hiding the hand. Let me read something to you all. You see, because even though it's a medical conference, not everybody thinks they're a medical missionary. They think that's just people who go overseas and do different things. Look what it says here. It says the, the Christian physician, and, and this is in, uh, in medical ministry, the Christian physician is a minister of the highest order, okay? Everybody like that, right? Yeah. He or she is a missionary. What are they, everybody? They are a missionary. Those who through their skill and faithful, earnest effort by wisdom of God can relieve, can relieve bodily pain, all right? So what what, what makes you a medical missionary? You ready for this? So just, just tell me some of the things that I just read off to you. If you can help somebody with bodily pain. So if you do hydrotherapy, are you a medical missionary? Are you a person of the highest order? Yes. What else are they doing? Do you work earnestly? Earnest effort by the wisdom of God can relieve bodily pain, place themselves in such a relation to their patients that they can point them to the sole healer who can say, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now watch this. You can be medical, but not a missionary, if you don't point people to who? To Jesus Christ. There's a lot of medical around, but there's very few missionary. Of the highest order, all right? So what's the first part of the dynamic duo? A medical what? Missionary. We got that? Same page? Nobody's taking notes. They said if you want to think it, you need to ink it because you will forget before this weekend is over. What are the two things that make up the dynamic duo? Yeah, just listening, huh? Nobody's no, taking it. The thing the All thing. right, no, no, no way. She said, I want to see the whole picture first. We may not survive to the whole picture. No, I'm just messing <laughs> with you. All right, so the medical missionary is the first part of the dynamic duo. What is the second part of the di- dynamic duo? Anybody know what that stands for? The literature Evangelist. Any literature evangelists here? Yeah. Just One. Yeah. Literature evangelists? Are you a literature evangelist? No. What? I didn't get the name. Patty. Patty. Wait a second. Wait a second. Don't worry, Patty. All of them, they just got a little spanking a little while ago because nobody, only one or two people said they were medical missionaries here. Yeah, are you a medical missionary? All right, you a medical missionary? Oh, wait a second now, because you have to be a part. Y'all are denying what? You almost, you almost. So now we understood what makes a medical missionary. Who remembers what makes up a medical missionary? A person who gives earnest what? Encouragement, earnest effort, relieve people from what? Bodily pain. Everybody in here. And ultimately, what makes them a medical missionary is they do what? Point people, point people to Christ. So in everything that you do, there should be an opportunity to point people to Christ. Now, you don't have to say, now, are you ready to be baptized to point people to Christ? You can just say, let's just pray. They, who you pointed to when you pray? You're pointing to Christ. So let's look at the literature evangelist. Are you a literature evangelist? All right, he's like, yeah, let me disagree. <laughs> let me disagree. Are you ready now? Because this is the second part. You don't have the two. You're missing the work. Because even the medical missionary could go in and help the people. But if they don't follow and use some of the principles of the literature evangelist, then they're not fully making it dynamic. Look what it says here. Successful soul work. This is Corpord of Ministry, Chapter 2. Corporate of Ministry, Chapter 2. It says the canvassing work, properly conducted, is missionary work of the highest order. What? No, 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 no. We just found out that the medical missionary is the physician. And the physician, when teaching along with the principles of Christ, is of the what order? Is it me, or is we missing something here? But the literature evangelists, when doing the work properly conducted, is a missionary work of the what order? Have mercy. How do we look at literature evangelism work in our church and our circles? Yeah, Thank you. Somebody kept it real here. You did it for ten yeah, summers, yeah? But he still raises his hand. He says he's a literature evangelist. So he's probably still doing the work. Maybe not in that form of door-to-door, but let's look. What makes us a literature evangelist here? It says it's of the highest order. How do we regard it in our church, unfortunately? We have the medical without the missionary. Look what happens. Look what it says. It says it's of the highest order, and it is as good and successful a method as can be employed by placing before the people the important truths for this time. Is it Patty? Are you a literature evangelist? Do you place truth-filled information before people? Do you share information? Maybe it may not be a book. Maybe it's a DVD. But it has truth what? Truth-filled information. You are now a literature evangelist. This is what we call the dynamic duo, the work of the medical missionary and literature evangelist. But you ready for this? We made a big boo-boo over the years. It was dynamic, before, because before they were what? They were together. When James and Alan White, what did they used to do? They used to write true, filled information, health information as well, point to people to who? To Christ, and they went out and they did what? They shared it with the people. The two were what? The two were one. But what happened over the years? You know what they said? Oh, no, no. What happened is the person wanted to go and share the message, right? But they wanted to go home and eat whatever they wanted to eat. But you can't talk about health and turn around and do whatever you want, right? But can I share the Bible and eat whatever I want sometimes? Yeah, remember what he said? He said sometimes you. With that, the interesting thing with the health work is you can see it. You know what I mean? Interesting about the spiritual work, you can't really see it, you know, you just don't know. So what happened is somewhere along the line, the religious work was one arm, and then the health work was another arm. It was ultimately what? Separated. Was that God's intentions? No. So what do we need to do, everybody? We need to bring them back together. And what makes that work successful? What are some effective ways that we can do it? So the print work, the publishing work, is, is, a, is, a, is a media. What, what, what did you say that? What are some effective media, uh, mediums that we can use in our practices, in our churches? What, what, what are some of the things that we want to uh, use there? We just talked about books, right? What else? All right, the literature rack. What else could be effective? DVDs. What else? Audio verse. You said one thing. CDs. Anybody ever heard David Asherick? Yeah. David Ashwick? We do a special program. Uh, he, he does a program. It's called Health and Healing. What is it called? Health. health and Healing. And what he does is a 13-part series where he shows people the positive approaches to health. A lot of times when we teach health, we only focus on what we can't do. They asked the Seven day Adventists, what do you eat? Well, we don't eat this. We don't eat that. We don't eat this. No, no, no. We asked you, what do you do? No, well, we don't drink alcohol. That's not what they were asking us. What were they asking us, everybody? What do you do? So one of the magazines, they couldn't find out what we do because when they asked the Adventists, we only tell them what we don't do. So you know what they had to do? They, uh, one, one of their tips, I think it was Newsweek, um, they have several, ten tips or whatever, uh, on how to live a healthy lifestyle. One of them, exercise, eat right, do all of this stuff. And one of the tips was go and steal the Adventist health principles. Huh? Why do you have to steal the health principles? You know why? Because we always what? <laughs> this is what we don't do. No, I'm asking you, what do you do? So we need to focus on that. And so you can use audio. There's many different ways that you can use effective media. All right? That is actually an audio. So at, at Scenario Life, we, uh, we make these available uh, to individuals. It's about four CDs, and you can play it. While people are sitting in a waiting room, they can be listening to some of the principles there. It's not always the TV or the books or whatever like that. So... How do we design an effective media service or program? We make sure we have some of these items available. What else could we do? How do we make it effective in our offices, in our workplaces, in our churches? How do we make uh, media effective? How can you tell if something is effective or not? All right, if people are paying attention... They ask questions. What else? You see, you see results. People say, man, that was good. I'm going to go ahead. You, you, you take a little mental note. You say, that worked. I'm going to play that every day. Then they get tired of it. You have to look for some other ones. But whatever you makes a change or causes a change, you say, this is effective. Who knows what is the one of the most effective media items that we can use? Very simple. All right, TV is one. Visual and, audio. Visual and audio. This is maybe a trick question. The, all right, spread it, huh? Ha! We're on it. The most effective media that we can use in the office on a workplace is people who have read the leads of autumn, who have watched it. So what we do is when we work sometimes with physicians in an office, we say, hey, uh, prayerfully, the first point to make an effective media program or develop an effective media program is the first person they see when they step in. If you have a receptionist there and they always, yeah, what do you want? What time is your appointment and stuff like that? Right there. They, they automatically shut off anything else you have in your, in your office. But if they're looking vibrant, now they don't have to be bubbling all the time, but they come and, hey, how are you today, and stuff like that, that's one of the most effective ones. So it's going to be tough, but we almost need to rehab our office, not physically with, with decorations, but with people. So what we encourage is, we usually go to the churches and we put on programs um, and we try to help the physicians or the practitioners or whatever ascertain people who have skills but also can work in their office because people are going to have questions. And if that person, because can, you can put this video. I'm going to show you this video right now. You can put this up and everybody be excited. But if the person behind the desk is not practicing it, they're just like, oh, that was just another program. All right, here's going to come close to home. If the doctor or the practitioner or the medical missionary, or the literature evangelist is not what practicing it. It's a waste of time. We're wasting books and DVDs and all that other stuff. So the most effective media is ourselves. So how do you make it even more effective? It has to be applicable to the audience. Yeah? Whatever you're going to share has to be applicable to the audience. Who is your audience? Who? The patients. So, doc, what, what area do you work in? You, do you run a practice in the hospital? The academics. So your audience is your students so, or, or the fellows. So what doc has to do now, she has to focus on materials that will be applicable to who? To the students. I went into one doctor's office, and there's nothing wrong with the great controversy or the National Sunday Law right? But that was the only books that they had there, you know? And you have all these, uh, it was a family practice, but all these people coming in, and it was just like National Sunday Law, so nothing wrong with that, but you have to use items that will pique their what? Their interest. So if you're uh, OB, GYN or something like that, you're going to have what kind of people coming into the office, mainly? You have mothers. You have mothers. And sometimes a lot of them maybe even very young, yeah? So you will probably play something like this, pure choices. You know, it's a little discussion, dealing with relationships, and of course it depends on the area you're working in. You know, if you're in an inner city and this is prevalent, teenage pregnancies and stuff like that, you're not going to be showing the law of life or the great health controversy. You're going to be showing pure what? Pure choices, topics that will help them. One of the topics here, I lust you. Some guy told her he loved her when he really just lusted her. Can a man be pure? Can a woman be pure? Homosexuality, all of these different topics. So this will be something that will make your media even more what? Effective because it's applicable. If, if you're a peds, you're, you're, you're dealing with children, would you be showing... Um, the great controversy, the great health controversy, which shows how to do the medical missionary work? No, I'm gonna show, I'll probably have this sitting in a waiting area. It's called Kidlicious. Or I'll use the video for this, which shows how to do fun, healthy kids' recipes, because you're targeting that. You want to make sure that your media, whether it's books or DVDs or whatever like that, is what? Is applicable. Yes? No? Yes. Makes sense. Any questions so far? All right, so any other practices? No? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, what she's trying to do, she's trying to target what will be effective for my audience. What do they need? Yourself? Pastor. Pastor. So, he is dealing with everything. From top to bottom, all right? So let's continue now. We understood real quick how to design it. We have to make sure it's effective. We have to make sure we know what our purpose is. Appointing people to who? To Christ. And then we have to make sure it's relative to that audience. So what I'm going to do here, uh, because we want to show how to utilize this media to make it effective, um, I'm going to share just three basic principles how to make sure you're utilizing this to make sure it's effective. I call it the EPA rule. Anything that you do, you put before your people, whether it's the church or your audience or whatever like that, it has to follow the EPA rule. What is that? Environmental Protection Agency. No. The first E stands for what? Engaging. Whatever you share with people, it has to what? Be engaging. Your most effective media, who was that again? As soon as people walk in, they see the who? They, she or he needs to be what? Engaging and friendly. Looks you know, like, yeah, what time's your appointment? Okay. Hey, how are you today? All is well? Yes, you are. Actually, you're early. Goodness, because you can't. No, no, no. You're not going to say that. But, you know, you can have fun with them. That person needs to be engaging. Your media needs to be what? engaging, encouraging. All right. What's the next P for? It has to be practical. We know all the rules and all of health principles and stuff like that. But if it's not practical, what does that mean? What does practical mean? Everybody should know what practical means. Makes sense. What works, it has to be very user. It has to be simple. Don't come and show a DVD that's telling people they need to do 100 backflips a day and do this and do that because it's not going to happen. How many of us have done health programs and as soon as you finish the program, the people turn around and they go to the store and buy the same thing you just finished showing them probably wasn't the best? Oh, okay, nobody here. I guess it only happened to me. Because I told them to do too much. I told him, you have to be vegetarian. So now when we do our programming, you ready for this? We said, look, if you're not ready to be vegetarian, no problem. You want meat? I got in trouble with one pastor. I said, if you want meat, have meat. He's smiling on that one. Have meat? That's what you want? If you don't think you could change right now, no problem. What I need to do, I need to encourage them, I need to show them how to probably have healthy meat. Healthier. healthier. So how do you make healthier meat? <laughs> Y'all are troublemakers in here, huh? All right. So you can, you can probably still have the chicken. We're just going to eat a little bit less. We're going to do the clean meats. I was in one area. And they didn't have access to beans and gluten and stuff like that. So you know what? I almost just had to say, enjoy the beef and the chicken. Because that's all they had. I tried to buy beans. It was actually in the Philippines. I was way in the boonies in the Philippines. And I tried to buy beans. I had to drive all the way into town. And they only had them in a can. It was called salted beans. I'm like, how do you salt beans? Salt fish, maybe. But salted beans? So I said, man, I need my beans. And I brought it back. And I cooked it. And I changed the water, and I cooked it, and I tasted it. It burned my tongue. That's how salty it was. So can you imagine, I said, yeah, you need to eat beans. And the only thing they have is that, and they'll kill them with a high blood pressure or a stroke. So you know what I said? Have the chicken and the beef. Or try the chicken, move to the fish. You know what I mean? I'm working with them. I said, let's just hold off on the what? The bacon, because they were using a lot of pork and a lot of seafood. And you know what the craziest thing happened? They stayed off of the bacon. They were faithful and stayed away from the shrimp. And it was the weirdest thing. I never saw this. They started to get better. They were eating chicken every day. And they were getting better. We're here in the States, who people who still use the chicken and don't make the transition, they get only what? Worse. I said, Lord, what is going on here? You know what the Lord says. He said, I'm going to just bless them for their obedience. Oh. it has to be practical. And when they're ready and they have the opportunity to do more, then they can do more. So any of your presentations or whatever media you use has to be practical. Are we promoting eating meat? No, no but we're helping them make that transition. So one of the practical things that we've done is 24 days. Everybody knows they need to develop healthy habits, right? So you have to be real with people. You can't just say, oh, you need to change now. It would be nice. But you say, hey, I understand. Let me help you develop a healthy habit. Does anybody know how many days it takes to develop a healthy habit? 21. Yeah, you're on to it. You're onto it. Everybody been to the Dr. Netally, uh program. All right, and you're right. Normally, it's 21. You know why we go with 24? <laughs> just in case? Because nothing we do on our own will work. You can do it for fifty days, and you still have bad habits. But we just do this. This is just a symbolic item. We do three more days. Why? Because who gives us the strength? God, the Father, and the Holy, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we go three more days, and each day we give them a little task. Nothing big. I'm gonna share with you one task in day one. Day one. You're going to watch the Exercise I Heal DVD, and so that's only a two- to three-minute presentation because it has to be what? Practical. If you tell them to go and start walking for one hour a day, is that practical for them right away? No, you have to start small. So just watch, watch that for two to three minutes, and then just write for your spiritual part because a lot of habit development programs only focus on what? The mind or the body. But they don't focus on who? It's the spirit that gives us the help. So it has to be practical. And the last one there, the last A, is it has to be accessible. So we're going to look at this video to see how we can do these programs to make sure it's accessible. If I do a presentation and I'm telling them they have to get, nothing wrong with it because I have some too, you have to get um, soy curls, which they may not have access to. Is there anything wrong with soy curls, per se? I mean, it's fine. But I can't do a presentation in the area where they don't know about vegetarian lifestyle. I'm like, yeah, I need you to order soy curls, get yourself some nutritional yeast flakes and McKay's beef-like seasoning. They're like, who? What? So it has to go. Actually, when we come to your locations, we go and we come a day early and we go to the supermarkets. Why are we going to the supermarkets? Because I need to see what they have access to. So then, when I'm doing the presentation, and they say, "Oh, I don't know, it's too expensive," I said, "No, I was just at the Publix. We're in the California, so what's here? Not that. I was. Who? I was just at Vaughn's, and they have it. Well, oh, you're always safe, unfortunately, with Walmart. I was just at Walmart because they're everywhere, right? And it's and it's this price." They say, well, I don't know where to buy it. Well, I just was there. So then it becomes very what? Accessible, and everybody can do it. There is no excuse. Does that make sense? So all of your media, anything that you use, your books and stuff, make sure they are what? Who remembers the first one? E is for? Engaging. P is for what? Practical, and A is for what? Accessible. Don't give people a reason not to. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a simple presentation um, I have a little short movie here A uh, little presentation Of how we can make things engaging Practical and accessible But also fun Here it is So this is our program called A Taste of Paradise. It's aired on the Dear to Dream Network Where we do raw and cooked meals there. Are you stressed out? Is life acting like Or feeling like It's just all crumbling down on you? And you're like, how do I get myself out of this stress? This is going wrong. That's going wrong. It almost seems like nothing is going right. Well, I felt that way sometimes, too. And sometimes when, let's even say stress or people dealing with different situations, what is normally the thing that we go to? What gives us that comfort besides uh, uh, God, we hope, will be the number one uh, uh, person that we go to? But many times when we go to something, we end up going to something, all right, and it ends up being a dessert. Have you ever realized that stressed spelled backwards is dessert? That's what I just realized myself. That, uh, and, and, and it kind of makes sense. You ever notice, like, if a girl, like, her heart is broken or something like that, who does she call? She don't call mom or dad or, or even a pastor or anything. She calls on the supermarket, and she picks up a big pint or quart of what? Ice cream. One in particular, chocolate ice cream. And a matter of fact, scientifically, even it shows that some of the chemicals involved in that ice cream gives you like this spirit of it, of like you're like, you know what? Everything is okay. Let me have some more. And uh, as a result, we, we get through that stressor tentatively. The problem is never really solved, but we get through it and then we start to become dependent. Oh, I don't feel good today. This life is just going crazy. Give me another one. And if you notice, sometimes we walk in our clients' house and they're dealing with a lot of stress and stuff. And the reason I could share these testimonies with you is because they said, Tell everybody. And we go to the fridge and, like, the fridge is empty, but you know what's stacked to the brim? The freezer. Ice cream, this and dessert, that and pastry, this. And so, what we're gonna do now? We're gonna de-stress uh, ourselves by the grace of God, and uh, but we're gonna do it using desserts. So today, we're gonna have some de-stress-cert cookies, which is fantastic, and a lot of people enjoy them. But the key is, even before we get to the cookies, because these cookies are amazing without the chemicals that may give us that sense of, uh, or that false sense of, 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 of good feeling and stuff of that nature, but we're going to use other ones that are actually good for us. So not only, first, we're going to tackle stress head-on, but we're also going to, we're, we're going to fill in the little blanks, the little empty spots in there also. And you know what I was looking at? One person just reminded me uh, of this uh, other day I was was talking to them. They said, there is probably a reason why they joined the food and the drug administration. You know what I mean? Because food sometimes works like a drug. And you may have seen it on other programs that people, when they're going through different situations, they go to those comfort foods. They go to this. They go to that. And as a result, they start adding on those blessings. And you say, man, what happened along the way? You know, should we change your diet? You know, people say, I want to balance my blessings, a.k.a. lose weight or something. And, you know, I want to do it. But we always try to ask them, where did this start? And they said, oh, I went through a rough time. Unfortunately, sometimes it may have been a divorce. Sometimes it may have been a breakup. Maybe a loss of a job. You know, maybe a loss of a loved one or something of that nature. I went through this hard time, this what? Stressful time. And I ended up. That's when it all started. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at some tips here uh, uh, for how to come back. How to combat stress because stress is really like knocking people out a lot of people don't talk about it stress uh discouragement uh not only that depression as well matter of fact they were showing a couple of surveys they were showing in in like one church or something of that nature like almost 60 percent over 60 percent of the women were depressed at one point or another Thank the Lord they didn't study the men, because if the men would have probably been 99%, we just don't admit it. So women don't worry about it. Men, they're dealing with their situation, but they try to hide it and stuff of that nature. So depression is a huge thing, but nobody talks about it. Yeah, I have high blood pressure, I have high cholesterol, but you never really hear anybody say, yeah, I'm depressed, So yeah, I'm stressed out, because it's kind of this, like taboo you know nobody really wants to talk about it but everybody is dealing with it when one way or another it's just almost seems like it's a part of life so I want to share with you just four little points we have two recipes today that we're gonna give you all one is gonna be for our de-stress cert cookies but this one I think is even more important how to tackle stress so get your pen get your paper and let's write it down we're gonna put it up here for you simple ways to tackle stress number one what we need to do is know our trigger What is the cause of the problem? Know your trigger. Number two, what are we going to do? We're going to try our best with God's help to face it head on. What are we going to do? We're going to face it head on. None of this going around the corner and, 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 and taking a long route there. Number three, we're going to recognize worry. A lot of times when it's not handled, when we don't face it head on, we take the scenic route around our problems. What happens? We start to worry, and we really don't recognize that we're in this situation. It's called, aka, denial. And then one last tip, and the most important, we save the best for last, we have to start trusting in God by letting it go. So I'm going to just go through that one more time. Know your trigger. We're going to face it head on. We're going to recognize, you know, that we are in a a tough situation. And number four, we're going to trust in God by letting it go. If you actually really look at those simple principles, it's almost like uh, uh, the path to, like, Salvation, you know, if I can say so. We have to realize where we are in our state, you know, in our sinful state, probably. And then we have to slowly but surely we have to face it head on. We can't be in denial saying, Lord, I got this under control, you know what I mean? Because we don't. We can't do it on our own. And then we have to recognize that you know what, sometimes it, you know, it's it's really causing a problem, really causing a problem. And when we look at a lot of ailments and different diseases and stuff of that nature. The key, the key where it all starts, not all, but, you know, where a lot of it starts is right here. Stress, how we handle situations. We try to handle it on our own. There's a little writing that says uh, a a disease basically is is nature's way of telling us that we have violated the law of health. And and a simple principle of health is trusting in God. So when we don't trust in God, we try to take everything on our shoulder and we think we can handle it. And it doesn't work. doesn't work. So what we're going to do, we're going to start trusting in God. And then, remember what the Lord does? He forgives us of our sins, and then we let it go. But I'll tell you this, and I have to share this with you. There's this little, little situation that comes always trying to remind you of what you have done. That's it, y'all. If you did your part, you realized where we went wrong, we made it right. You know, some stressful situations could be even our jobs. A lot of times, people are saying, I have to work so hard. It's stressing me out. But when we get to the root of the problem, when we look at the real trigger... Well, I sat down with a client. They were stressed out. What do we do, nice? I said, well, let's look at some principles. What is the trigger? Well, we have to work so hard. Why do we work so hard? Well, we have to pay bills. What's the next question? We're trying to ascertain what's the true cause here. They said, well, we have this house to pay, this car to pay. So uh, why do we have so much debt? And when we looked at it and we started digging, we're trying to find out the true cause to know their trigger. You know what? I said, why did you buy this seven-bedroom home and you're only using two? Why do we have to drive the newest car on the market? As a matter of fact, we're in 2,000-some-odd years, and they're driving in 2,000-and-the-next-decade decade Car, Cars two years in advance. Why do we need this? And you know what they said? My sister lives in this neighborhood. My friend drives this kind of car. These are the newest shoes or the newest bag or, for us guys, the newest, uh, 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 I I don't know, machine. And what we realize is we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, the James, the Bobs, the Jims, you name it, Reggies, who knows? You know, we're always trying to keep up with these people. But let's let it go because we're going to trust in God and he's going to help us. Now, that was good. But y'all are like, come on, i you know, all right, all right, I understand that, nice. But I would like some." Des- are you ready for this? De-stresser cookies. Are y'all ready for these de-stresser cookies? These are the good, healthy ones. We're not gonna go for the chocolate chip, we're gonna go for the de stressers cookies. Get your pen, write this down as well. It's really simple to help us. And all we need is two and one-half cup of walnuts grounded, 2 cup of whole wheat pastry flour, one teaspoon of salt, one-third cup. Of ground flaxseed, one-third cup of carob chips, one-half cup of maple syrup, and two teaspoons of vanilla, which is optional, which is optional, okay? And uh, that is the, that, that that's the recipe here. I want you to get this because this one is dangerously good for you. Now, that means it's so good that you may eat too much and we want you to be tempered in all things. If you notice as well, we put vanilla as optional and we really don't use it here. Now, vanilla is phenomenal, but what we know, it works as a little stimulant. So a person who has high cholesterol, as, as it stimulates, it stimulates, you know, the gallbladder to empty. So that the gallbladder empties the bile and that needs your liver to reproduce more bile and, and if a person has high cholesterol, we don't want that to happen. But vanilla's fantastic if you want to use it, great. What I like to do is I like, just like to add a little extra honey or maple syrup or something of that nature. So let's get to this dessert because I want some de-stressor cookies. All we have to do is we take the walnuts, okay? So we're going to take this grounded walnut. So you buy regular walnuts. These are reasonably priced in the store. And I'll tell you about these walnuts here in a second. They are amazingly good for you. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you right now as I share as this, which organ of the body does the walnut look like? You got it. It looks like the brain. So which organ of the body is it good for? It's good for the brain. Simple, easy. Now, don't start grabbing different fruits and be like, hey, this looks like my kidney, so maybe it's good for the kidney, and start adding stuff up. But please, let let your doctor know if you have a problem, don't try to look at a certain fruit or veggie and compare and and start eating it in result. But that was just one little neat thing that I thought i will share. So this walnut, then here's another brain food that is very good for us, and it's linseed or flaxseed is what many call it as well, but this has been grounded, okay? I wanna encourage you, we're not gonna buy the whole the, the, the already grounded, we're gonna buy the whole seed, actually, and grind it ourselves. Many times you may see flaxseed oil. Now, we're not saying oil's bad or anything. It's good, but it's not as good as it fresh. You see, what happens is if you leave that oil there too long, it will go rancid quite easily. Okay, that's why if you notice, you go to the health food store and they have the uh, the flaxseed oil, it's usually in a uh, refrigerator because it has to keep cool. Why? Because it spoils, it goes rancid and will cause another problem as a result. So what I encourage people, because those are kind of expensive, you know what I'm talking about? They're a little pricey. I encourage you, just buy the flaxseed itself. Just the whole flaxseed and bring it home and grind it in a coffee grinder. Or if you have a blender, put a good amount in the blender and blend it dry. Okay, blend it dry, and you should be fine. And it's the cheapest thing around, and you make enough. You put it in a glass jar, stick it in the fridge, use it for the week, and then next week just make a new batch, all right? So save yourself some money and enjoy it that way, okay? So we take that. Then we're going to take some whole wheat pastry flour, um, as you see here. So I'm trying to do this first. I'm going to mix all my dry ingredients. Then I have a little uh, salt there. This is sea salt which is necessary for flavor as well. A lot of people do these no-salt diets, and they're wondering, they give us a call in a couple of weeks, I don't do any salt at all, and they're wondering why their neck is swollen and stuff. You know what that is? That's a goiter, okay? Um, in general, in general, but, you know, follow, uh, ask your physician first, and that's because when you pull all salt out, as a result, you're missing on a very necessary element, and it's called iodine. Iodine. So a little salt, it's not going to hurt anybody. Then we're going to add some carob chips. These are very nice. These will take the place of chocolate chips. Um, If you want to use it, great. If you don't have it, doesn't mean you cannot do the recipe. The recipe, you continue still. This is just, uh, uh, how could I put it? this is just for, for appearance purposes, and yes, carobs do taste nice, but let me call a timeout real quick. A lot of people trying to replace chocolate with carob, it's not the same. I'm just going be honest with y'all. A lot of times we replace stuff and be like, hey, it tastes just as good. Nothing could taste like chocolate. I remember I was working with one client, and he says, if chocolate is no good for you, I'm not going to use it at all. And somebody was like, try carob. He said, if it looks like the real thing and it kind of smells like the real thing, it better be the real thing. Don't give me no perpetrators. I said, ouch. You know what I mean? So I I, I left him alone there, and uh, he doesn't use any of it. But it's good. Enjoy it. We're going to put some honey in there. Okay? So we're going to add the honey to this, and we're going to go ahead and finish it up with a nice little serving there of the maple syrup. So I'm gonna pour these in um, first. You can use agave nectar. You can try any of these items. These are just a little sweetness. If you don't like it too sweet, not a problem. Not a problem if you don't like it too sweet. Um, You just put less, okay? So you mix that up nicely. Get your hands in it. Get the kids cooking with you. Get the kids cooking along. I'm having a blast over here, moving this thing all over the place. And these are gonna be delicious, delicious cookies. As you see, I'm making a mess, but hey, we're in the kitchen. Who's keeping track of this here? Uh, but let's let us let us look at that linseed and the, and the, and the or the flaxseed and the walnuts. I wanna tell you something really important. Important about those, the reason why they're so good for de-stressing and they're good for the mind, depression, uh, anxiety disorders, uh, or different items is because they provide, those together will provide your omega-3, 6, 9. I mean, they are amazing items. A lot of people say, well, I do I have to buy fish oil or this oil or that oil? You already have it right here in this cookie. Who knew this cookie could be so good that it will provide all of those benefits for you? So you mix it up nicely there. Oh, and let me tell you, that fish oil as well, hey, if it comes from my animal, it has a liver, so you're going to notice that it may have some cholesterol uh, um, in it. So there we go. You see your nice little batter there, and then you just make cookies. The easiest thing to do, even if you don't want to get your hands dirty, but it's almost impossible, you could get your little cookie cutter, you can lay it out, put it... She says, before. Normally that way so enjoy yourself and also at the same time what is she doing she has a de-stress cert something that we all can enjoy but let me give you show you a little finished product as you see when I was uh, behind the scenes I did I did one a nice little uh, round and and simpler type of cookie there that we all can have and I think everybody will enjoy it matter of fact you stressed out you need something to eat you want something to feel good about go ahead and have a de-stress cert cookie. And you will definitely enjoy. So if we can use these basic things, it will be effective. And these are the ways that you can design, develop, using some of these simple principles, making sure we bring the literature, whether it be media, uh, uh, audio, DVDs, and the medical missionary together. This will be a dynamic duel and you will have an effective, effective media ministry. Is that all right? Any questions? Does it all make sense? All righty. Let us say a prayer as we close. Father in heaven, thank you again for this time that you've given us to just fellowship here and learn how we can be effective in our work. And even though we have media, the visual, the audio, all of these different things, it does us no good until we are the most effective uh, media there uh, proclaiming the gospel to Thank you again for hearing and answering In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen, Adventist Medical Evangelism Network. If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.